Welcome to the Party Pal, the mind-bending film and television podcast you didn't know you needed. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Shields, and I'm here with one of your other hosts, Mitch Lucas. What's going on, Mitch? How you doing? Uh, Pretty good. Yeah, we're right back at it, which is yeah. great. It's, uh, last week, we were talking about the Irishman, and today we're uh, veering into um, a stranger in different territories. Yeah, busy time of the year. But yeah, this, yeah, exactly. Uh, I've, I've, um, I've been to the... Um, Movie theater more in the last couple of weeks than um than than I have in a long time. I, I just keep, I keep getting pulled in. Yeah, I can't remember a fall where I had so much, so so much cinema to get through. Yeah, I the feel to, like the to do list is strong. Yeah, I feel like I'm very busy trying to yeah. get. Did you do JoJo's Rabbit? I haven't seen it yet. All right, cool. We should, we could talk about it sometime. It's it, it was I found it fascinating. But today we are here to talk the about the lighthouse. The lighthouse is a 2019 American psychological horror film directed and produced by Robert Eggers, who co-wrote the screenplay with his brother Max Eggers. The film is shot in black and white and follows two lighthouse keepers portrayed by William Defoe and Robert Patterson, who start to lose their sanity when a storm strands them on a remote island on which they were stationed. It's, um, it's a complex mindfuck. Of a film, it's um, it's trying and arduous. I thought, but it's beautiful, and it's it's truly one of the most um, engrossing and fascinating films I've uh, seen this year. What do you think? Well, I have so much to say about how this film was made. It plays into all of my passions: shooting on oh, wow. film, shooting yep. on black and white. Uh, it's terrifying to think of all the work they did to get there. I mean, the the weather conditions were miserable. And when you're shooting in weather conditions like that, I mean, digital is really your friend. And yeah. film is yeah. absolutely absolutely your enemy. <laughs> the amount of light you need to shoot scenes on film uh, towers over digital. So they had their work cut out for them in terms of really uh, the, the elaborate uh, 
you know, schemes and lighting schemes that you need to, yep. to get stuff on film, and, and they're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So it, Shot I, in Nova Scotia, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's funny. I mean, it's the, you know, I'm thinking about the content of the film, but also, you know, as, as we will, I'm, I'm thinking about how it was made a lot, too. And, yeah. and both are so trying circumstances. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> you know, we have we have to talk about what we saw, mm-hmm. you know, but you think a lot about how the hell how, did they how, do this? How did you do this? And in so many ways, actually, one of the notes, um, now they got the movie theaters where this actually helps someone like uh, me or you who, uh, who talks about films after the fact. I used to have a little pen with a light on the tip of it. Yeah. And so I'd take notes underneath that have a thing. Now, uh, at these fancy, the Alamo places or the Nighthawks around here, you have a table and they give you a pencil. Yeah. And so I'm actually, I was taking, I was taking notes on this and, um, I, it's obviously, I'm interested in this idea anyways, but I, 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 along the top, it just said, find out more how they did this. I just, I, it just seemed, I'm like how on every level, and you're talking about the weather, you know, how meticulously was shot it just everything it was like uh, find out more how they did this i am um, i was surprised i was drawn to this film so much when when i think i first saw you uh, uh post something about it because i usually wouldn't be into um horror films yeah it's not really my thing but in i was i actually uh, uh um robert eggers other film was the witch and i know all about it and i'm i'm, I'm scared of it it's a, it really looks like a little bit more, um, not traditional, because you can't describe yeah. anything he does as traditional, but like this one just seemed, um, I don't know, more surreal. It, it, yeah. it, it just, there was so much more. I knew the acting would be, be uh, uh, just spectacular. I can't wait to get into that part of it. But the, the pull to this one, and, and, and it is not a traditional horror film. No, that was the first thing I was going to say is I, I felt like The Witch was really eerie and like scary I think that the lighthouse it's um can be horrific I don't know that I would say it's a horror film it's not the kind of slasher or like you know surprise or like yeah yeah it's more of uh it's more of like a painting of 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 scary images yeah I mean it's 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 very haunting uh but I don't want. I don't think people should go into it thinking that they're going to have trouble sleeping at night or anything like that. It's Absolutely. just dark imagery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like more surrealism than than like traditional horror. But I mean, I was just, I was just drawn into. I mean, you could tell like it was so artistically crafted. I was thinking a lot about cinematography and production design and um, just. I mean, the the thing we I think we need to talk about right off the bat is just how. Uh, the sizing of the uh, how they shot it was really unique. I mean, we're talking. I mean, this was basically shot in like almost a, a perfect square. Is that right? Because I mean, when the film started, where I was at four three, yeah, yeah. It, it was that was that what it is? I mean, it was uh, when the film first started. I love that the you know sometimes the curtain moves out when you see in a big screen. <laughs> yeah. the, the curtain came in because it's it's a format close to a perfect square. I think it's one point nineteen to one aspect ratio. Uh, like early sound films were shot. Exactly, uh, they used the full thirty-five millimeter, you know, frame to get that four-three. Yeah. and uh, it's such a, a, a it throws you off yeah. when when that when that first image comes up because you're like, it takes a second. It feels like something's missing, and you you yep. actually need to sit maybe ten or fifteen 
be closer yeah. to just get fully enveloped into it. <clears throat> but you do get used to it. And, yeah, I mean, uh, films from the 30s and 40s and, you know, they, they often were 4-3, you know, Citizen Kane, yeah. those types of movies that you would be familiar with. And eventually moved out to, you know, Vista Vision mm-hmm. and these... They, panorama vision and and all these where they were trying to get people out to the theater in the 50s so they're shooting on you know they start shooting on larger format cameras and things like that and what he's doing is he's just going all the way back to you know using modern film cameras but in some cases he was uh, some of the shots were with a a camera that i think was a hundred or more years old it had to be rehoused to fit on a on a modern I wouldn't say a modern camera, but yeah. within the past maybe 30 years. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he was really playing with what would it be like to actually be 100 years in the past. Uh-huh. And can we use some of the same lenses? Can we actually physically look through a lens that is that old that yeah. might have existed back Literally. then? Yeah. And it really shows in how he put this together. I do know that they, the interior scenes, they had to use such bright halogen lamps that it looks like a perfectly dark room that you can barely see, but they couldn't see each other because they were so bright. It was like a halogen lamp right in the center of the table. There's a lot of, you know, conversational uh, dialogue sitting at a table and they couldn't see each other because the lamps were so bright to try to get an image. That's wild, wild to think about. Yeah. I mean, and, and the, the, the cinematography was so intimate too. Like it's, I mean, it's really, you know, you're right there with them, and always when I think about something shot so close and so intimate, and I'm speaking of most of the scenes with just the two of them, it's like it's one of those things you just can't even make a mistake. It just has to be yeah. crafted so precisely, too. And a film that takes it's cast entirely of two people. Yeah, I mean, there's three other people who show up on the film, but they're not really. Yeah, this is this is this is a two person. This movie. is a two hander. It's 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 um, uh, Defoe and Patterson are, are truly center stage on this one. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's just them duking it out for an hour and a half, mm-hmm. and they start really losing their minds, and, and the look of the film really plays into the, the psychological oh, nature yep. of what these guys are going through. It's not a, it's not a film that should be seen in color. It's, they no. did it the right way. Yeah. And so you, you like black and white films? I've, I've always I'm, I'm drawn to them it's when they're them. when they're done in a certain way yeah. you don't question you don't think that they're black and white films yeah, I mean I've never thought about I've never watched Psycho and thought oh, this yeah. is a black and white film <laughs> yeah yep. but he was shooting color films before he made Psycho yeah. this was an arti- artistic Artist choice decision, yeah. but when it's done right you don't really question it mm-hmm. I definitely grew up watching the Andy Griffith show mm-hmm. so that's still my favorite all time show Amazing. so you know, I have a taste for black and white, yeah. and I shoot a lot of black and white. What was the Coen Brothers one? The man, man who that wasn't the man there? who wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, you and could white. tell they like they they leaned into that one. I mean, they, you know, the the way they used light, they were painting with bright lights, and that yeah. that's that's a fun one just to watch. It's it's almost more, um, uh, you know, purposeful in the way they use lights. It wasn't. I don't know. It's that's a wild one. That I, that's one of the first ones where I was just like. Wow, I need to seek out yeah. more black and white films. Shooting black and white in, in itself is an arduous task because, yeah. you know, if you're as a cinematographer, you have color to sort of separate uh, characters from the backgrounds. In black and white, you really have to think about what a color is going to, what is a red going to be gray, and it can be difficult yeah. to separate characters from their environments. And it's a, you 
really have to know what you're doing. You really have to know a lot about the process, and you know, you can get a great uh, a great image from black and white if it's yeah. done well. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's it's so it's such a challenging film to make, yeah. and 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 it was equally challenging film to watch. Absolutely. I mean, this is um, this is. It, it's. It, I hate to go to so a place so banal, but I mean, we're talking about um, it's it's two uh, lighthouse keepers in in eighteen nineties, and, and so it was shot in Nova Scotia, but they're in off the coast of uh, Maine. Okay. Um, and I mentioned going to this place so banal. I didn't know how hard it was to keep a lighthouse. No, <laughs> like, I didn't either. The, the appreciation sounds like a very romantic and wonderful <laughs> job Absolutely. while you you know you sip coffee yeah. out of a mug. Like There's one of my favorite scenes, and it's very simple, and it <clears throat> it, it comes and goes. Is when they're painting the lighthouse, and he's holding yeah. them, and he's in you know he's just holding them basically by ropes, and he's painting yeah. the lighthouse. You think of all. Um, you don't think that all that goes into keeping this bright, big light, uh, all the oil. Yeah. And then, and then what kept going through my mind, and I know I'm getting very pragmatic about lighthouses. Actually, the other thing I wrote on my note was um, learn more about lighthouses, like why they're needed, yeah. who keeps them, who's keeping them, the whole thing. But um, I, I was just thinking about how, you know, how they get everything to these islands they have to every brick and mortar of these buildings was brought over and i was just thinking about the work not only of keeping it up but like to make that situation happen uh, yeah and i think it shows in terms of you know what you see there is you know they had to build that lighthouse for the film yeah so it's like i'm sure the task was just as difficult as it was originally but are you know are we thinking about does it does it bring up a larger conversation of how how much difficult life was in another time yeah. period? Yep. You know, we take so many things for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that difficulty is what sort of drove them to madness yeah. in this film. Yeah. And yeah. I, it was very interesting to know... One of the things I wanted to talk about is what's, you know, what's real and what's not, sort of. Yeah, the, it, yeah there's a lot of... Well, I think I'm coming to the table here... Um, with as many questions as I do answers, and I think that's that's the type of movie it is here. There's there is a lot of surrealism. There's a lot of, um, and this was also cinematically stunning too. A lot of these like flashes of of um, you know when there was a head in in uh, a bucket at one point, right. and the, the one eyed pigeon was there, and yeah. and I just it, it you know we're talking. He, he kept having visions of mermaids, and and I I don't fully know what was happening. Right, and I'm okay. And I'm certainly okay with that. I would love to know, and I, I'm, I've, I did do deep dives and and, and researching, and um, I still didn't come upon the answers. I, I got a lot of thoughts from the filmmakers about what you know what the film was about, but I mean, yeah, there was there was images and symbolism that that that, <clears throat> that I hope as I watch it again, which I will, um, that I come to know a little bit more. It felt like. The lighthouse was a prison to them, and what are the what happens if you're you know in a prison? You're thinking about uh, women, and you're just yeah. having these images of like your 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 dreams and, and oasis, and yeah. and I, I took some of that as like uh, you know 
that was like an oasis. That yeah. That's exactly what that's what he needed at the time. Yeah. And but I think as a viewer in this film, you have to dissect what you want to be real and what you want sure. to. You, you Especially to, as they in any film um, or any book where someone descends into that 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 place of 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 true true lunacy or, or madness. I mean, you a good filmmaker, a good storyteller is going to put you in that place of confusion to make you feel confused. Yeah. And, and then you don't know what's real. Um, to hit your point a little bit more um, about like that prison and, and, and them seeking uh, respite or catharsis or, or whatever in, in those visions of anything. I think the kind of the real demon to me or the real villain almost to me um, was male loneliness. And kind yeah. of what it what it what it did to them to be in that prison and and you know and what that led to what that idea of the male loneliness um, led to was this kind of this battle this this wits of uh, one man versus one man as they were there and how much uh, abuse because there was you know William Defoe's character obviously <clears throat> had control and and, and was a uh, you could almost say punishing uh, Robert Patterson's character and. You know, it was kind of like, how much can you take till it breaks? And there was these two men and clashing and coming together and clashing again. And yeah, yeah. All, all struggling with the loneliness, the prison you speak of. It's it's definitely a movie that speaks about status um, and yeah. power struggle. And, you know, Willem Dafoe goes in, uh, Thomas, uh, yep. Thomas Wake, he goes in really front-loading that he's in charge. Yeah. And now you have... Uh, Robert Pattinson, you know, he's sort of stuck. He he took this job thinking it was going to be one thing. Now he's lost in the sound. This guy's like, no, it's going to be this way. Yeah. And or maybe he got a sense of it on the way out there, but he's now stuck. And in this guy is punishing him mentally in as many ways as he yeah. can. And I think much of the movie is about his attempts to regain some sort of power in that yeah. relationship. Yeah, to get his manhood back, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was, it, it was wild. Yeah, well, I, and I just want to talk about how they they're they're acting real quick before we do. Just a reminder that Welcome to the Party Pal is part of the Osiris Podcast Network. Osiris is uh, a global community connecting passionate fans with uh, with podcasts and experience about artists and topics they love. Go to OsirisPod.com to see all the podcast events. And uh, other varying content they have. They they got the goods. I want to uh, knock that out, let you know about Osiris as, as we veer into. So, yes, it's these these two, um, you know, one seems strong-willed, but we find out the other one is very strong-willed, too. And they're going against each other. And I think these performances, I'm not sure we're going to come upon any better this year. Wow. I mean, it's and that's a bold statement. I'm talking about like a pairing. Of yeah. Like it just, I just there was times where I it felt like I mean it was like DDL level, meaning that it was like Eli versus Daniel, and uh, yeah. there would be blood. It felt to me like Thomas versus um, uh, um, uh, a friend, right? What's his name? Uh, Thomas versus uh, Will. He's a Will. Wilhelm. Uh, yeah, it was Winslow at one point. Yeah, I that there was something. That's something to talk about is that the names they were messing with names, yeah. yeah <laughs> name, like confusion, yeah. There. And, and it was because, um, uh, Winslow, should we say, yeah, yeah. He was, I mean, he was he was a man who was on the run, 
Yeah. He was, he was he kind of uh, and he reveals things about himself. Absolutely. And in that moment of them, there's when uh, when Thomas finally wants him to like let his guard down. He's really just trying to get info about him. Yeah. He's yeah. never he's never being true. And then you know he's just trying to like manipulate him more. Um, and then when he reveals that he was involved in a a really bad altercation uh-huh. or accident. Uh, now he's got stuff on him. Yeah. And you find out that, <clears throat> you know, Thomas is a very paranoid man mm-hmm. who's very, uh, you know, suspicious. And, and there's a there's a lot going on in his head Absolutely. that we didn't quite realize was yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it was fun to watch as he descends into, and, and you know, madness, um, like a strength brew in him a little bit. I mean, he was quiet and reserved, and I mean... He ended up being a very, very fiery uh, yeah. uh, personality, which was which was wonderful to watch. And again, that performance was stunning. I uh, I saw uh, Defoe especially. I yeah. mean, I just think, and I told you I was gonna gush, and I can't help it. I just thought, yeah, uh, Defoe was incredible. He was gross. He was gnarled. He was, um, you know, it's. I saw Variety. Uh, I forget who wrote the article, but they described him as Captain Ahab on a bender. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> which is really really good, and I just it, you know it made me. He recognize. just has that perfect face for playing oh. a period film. Oh. It, it just when you look at old photographs of people, you you think that they've been through harder times than you've ever been. And when you look at his face, I have had the chance to see him in person, and he's those features are very striking and very strong. It is right, yeah, yeah. And there's, fa- there's lines on his face, really. It's, it's well said. It's it's. It's like it it, it it speaks to experience. It speaks to hardship. They do a great job also of, you might think of this film as like black and white, grainy. Yeah. And it is those things, but they did an amazing job of capturing all the wrinkles. It's also clean and, and sharp and, and precise. And in places and yes. nice. There's, there's, there's parts in the film where he's so close to the screen and they've, they've, Caption him so well that you can see all, every pore yeah. and every wrinkle in yeah. it adds so much to this idea of this movie being a painting of yeah. some kind. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's like I said, it's it's a horror style movie. It's not necessarily a horror movie, but there's there's a there's a macabre death about the film for sure. Um, and I love um, his. Is uh, the seafaring language he uses? I mean, one he loves is sparkles like a sperm whale's pecker and all that. <laughs> yeah. One thing there was a moment which I really thought um, it almost jumped out in a peculiar way. It was so meta. It was so self aware. When um, Robert Patterson's character says to him, he's like, he's like, um, you sound like a goddamn par- um, uh, parody when he's when he was talking about how he was he was. Yeah. He was because he was going on using that seafaring language. And he's like, "Listen to yourself. You sound like a goddamn parody." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." I found that to be so interesting and self-aware within that moment of of their heated, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's he's really he's trying to call him out and and really show him for what he is, yeah. and he's challenging him, and in you know he continues to to do it, you know, in terms of whether he was a parody. I don't know, man. He, he pulls it off pretty well. He pulls it off <laughs> so, so well. And that's, it's just, yeah. It's, I mean, 
them, I just that's I just think it's so. I I, I keep using the words arduous and trying, and, and and we spoke of the filmmaking being that way, the acting, how much they get into, and just yeah. thinking about the characters, what they're going through. Is they, and they didn't get along in the shoot either. Is that the case? I I mean, I'm sure that they have a great amount of respect for sure. each other, but I do know that there were times when I think the story goes that for some reason um, Robert Pattinson was trying to make himself throw up. Or something, and they were laying on top of each other. Yeah, and and I I hope I'm somewhat accurate, but he but Willem Dafoe's I'm getting I'm leaving if he like doesn't stop for the <laughs> so you could tell so I think there was that bit of it, maybe a little bit of a of a veteran versus a younger yeah. guy within the making of the film sure. that plays out in the story, but there definitely was. I mean, I certainly would be angry if I'm in the middle of hell yeah. and I don't know when I'm gonna get to go home and I'm doing this project and yep and you in I you know I think that that only added to the, to, to the whole to the thing story. To, yep absolutely yeah so. no it it was it was trying to watch what they were going for um through um so so many beautiful images yeah I, I don't want to say I mean I candy isn't the right word but there's so many just beautiful symbolic worlds to go into in such a small confined place absolutely i mean it's a lighthouse but you all you have these this sort of menagerie at the top that you you know this this beautiful like orb and and there's i mean i don't want to give it away but there's like there's fantastic anyone who's here is is seen the lighthouse i I mean there's 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 Sea serpents and there's yeah. mermaids. Well, yes, yeah. I even love when um, Defoe was shown as some sort of triton. He had like the um, he was encrusted with like barnacles and shells at one point. The vision of him is like a, like a seafaring triton. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. stunning to me because I mean he is a man of the sea. So he's like truly from there. And I just thought you're right. Yeah. There's these little moments and there's definitely different locations throughout that they revisit. Um, I think I'm right when I when it was when this theme kept hitting me. Um, and I think of, uh, you know, the, the uh, you know, him killing the um, seagull. Right. And everything like that. And I, I just, I think there was a theme, and especially with his demise at the end, real or not, I believe. I didn't think it was real. I think personally. so, too. Uh, I think it's one of those things that you don't fuck with the ocean. And, like, in the larger, <laughs> yeah. like, the, the like he, he did by killing that seagull... Um, you know, he messed with one of their beings. I mean, even um, he crossed lines. He crossed yeah. lines, and 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 you know, uh, um, you know, Thomas was telling him that he's like, he's like, you have to respect the, you have to respect the sea, and I think that goes speaks to a larger overall respect nature, uh, or don't at your peril type thing. And at the end, I mean, if you're stuck with it on that lighthouse and you're 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 not respectful and don't become one with the nature that's there, I mean, it's gonna take you out. Yeah, that's I. I got to thinking that. I mean, this, I is, mean, this has to be the ocean verse at some point. Yeah, yeah, that's that's loud and clear at the end. Mm-hmm. And the final shot is that you know nature wins. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, uh, <laughs> loud and clear. Absolutely. Right. When a seagull's picking apart his body. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was beautiful. <laughs> a beautiful ending to this bizarre yeah. film. It couldn't be a, a better like final image. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm never not gonna like when they, like this film comes up. That's like what I'm gonna go to. Yeah, like, and you know, uh, Thomas Willem Dafoe's character, his his ending is like 
the perfect captain ending. It's yeah. he, it's his, of really he's I mean he's he's killed, but it's of his own making. Sure. It's like I'm going to push yep. the situation far enough until the only solution is meet my death. Yeah, and exactly. I think it was intentional. Yeah. I think he I think it was a version oh, it's of suicide. Like, it's like in a suicide way. by cop, it's similar <laughs> it's, to Quinn, you know, in Jaws where. Yeah. He's like in his head. He's like, we're not going home. Yeah, you know, we're yeah. just. And I think that was. I think that was his mindset as well. When it comes to um, just wonderfully crafted art house films like this, I always speak to uh, them sonically and the sounds and, uh, and and how that affects me. And, and, and in this one, we're dealing with um, lots of foghorns, lots of ocean waves, just a lot of wind, a lot of wind. A whole yeah. lot of wind because we're inside a lot. It's very effective. Stuff. It it's the, it rattles me to the core, and <clears throat> I always speak on how uh, when sound gets me like that, it's usually the quieter sounds where I hear the most. Yeah. So it's quieter movies where I hear the most, and, and, and that affects me sonically the most, which is funny. It's not the big yeah. explosions, and I, I always there's that feeling of getting out of like a, a film like this, and I when I open that theater door and walk out into the real world when because my ears are tuned in in a different way where i'm hearing things louder because i'm like listening it's 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 a wild thing that happens and so it's the most jarring and i find it beautiful feeling like my ears are working in a different way after these it's it's amazing what they these type of films these quieter films or these differently sonically palated films make me feel yeah a couple of thoughts about that uh one image that sticks out was where they were they were outside at night uh, trying to get to their food ration, I believe, mm-hmm. which turned out to just be uh, like a whiskey ration or whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, that, they just pulled up a bunch of bottles. Yeah, that, that was before walk. they were drinking uh, kerosene, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, walk. that walk was terrifying. And I think it was absolutely real. Those waves were oh, yep. just... And the sound... That was probably live sound. Maybe tweaked, maybe, you know, amped up a little bit. With, yeah. But I... I that sounded like Haunted. the real thing. Yeah. And it was just banging against those rocks. And like, I just, I never, I, I loved watching it. I never want to be wherever that never. was. Uh, definitely. Uh, the other thought I w- wanted to mention was the composer of this film, how it was composed. There was a sort of organic play between what's actually live sound yeah. and what's music in yeah. this film. And I think yeah. you... I think it's done so well that you don't always know Seamless. whether it's a song or whether it's a sound effect, yeah. and yeah. I think that was intentional. Yeah. I think that they are making songs out of the sound of a pipe bursting or the sound of a pipe leaking yeah. or whatever. That's There's a play between the real and the melody, yeah. and I think it was very effective. Yeah. It's a very... I think it's reminiscent. The score to me was reminiscent of maybe There Will Be Blood or something yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I've spent some time... I didn't want to spend too much time listening to it before, before I saw the film, and, I've, and I want to revisit the score now, but... Oh, did... Yeah. It's, it's on Spotify. Sure. But it's very, it's very natural. It's very dark, and it, and it feels like... I can imagine these guys grabbing, you know, broken harps yeah. or something, or like... Grabbing things that smashing seashells. Yeah, just like, yeah. yeah. I, I love the um, the idea that you're not exactly sure what's what's just natural and what's yeah. what's what's. I think the word that augmented. The, I think the question the composer asked uh, Robert Eggers was, "How much of this?" Because when he got the notes or he got the general idea, he said, 
how much of this is going to be a song and how much of this is am I just doing foley for yeah. the you know so all this all this is speaking to um, just a meticulously crafted piece of art and it's also uh, <laughs> I've gone pretty far when I was talking about the acting I don't know if you'll see much better acting I think that's a little I went a little too far but I'm not sure you come upon a more original film this year and that's why I was thinking when I walked out of it um I'm like, what I recommend this to people, like, and I'm talking not just the the, the art lovers, um, uh, film fans. I'm just like, you know, regular like as people get ready for Oscar season or whatever. Like, you got to check out the Lighthouse. And I was right. thinking, because it is, it's surreal, it's different, it's arduous in a lot of ways, as we've discussed. And and the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yes, like I, I like the, the even like the kind of casual fan, like yeah, you should go see Defoe. Like yeah. you, you got to see him, or like like. You're gonna have a different experience. It's like you're, it's like you, you've never yeah. seen nothing. You've never seen anything like it. I'm I'm one of those people that if you're gonna talk about what's going now, what's going on now, or if you want to make a statement of any kind, yeah. filtering it through a genre is such a an attractive way to do sure. it for me. Um, whether it's a noir film or a period film, uh, you know, he's he. He wants to uh, he wants to have a beautiful world that he filters his thoughts and his statements through. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with contemporary films that are just you know people living in having drinks and dinner and talking about things and having the kind of problems that we all have. But filtering through another place and another time, it, it's if you can do it right, it's one of the most exciting things to go and see. It's powerful. Yeah. Powerful. I was thinking about the appeal of um, just the films that that do depict uh, descent into madness. There's yeah. been some really special ones. I mean, obviously, I mean, you got The Shining. The Shining. Uh, I mean, Apocalypse Now is. This, I mean, it's like a literal take down yeah. a river to a descent of madness. Um, even uh, Network was one. Okay. But I guess that's the one I enjoy. Uh, there, we mentioned there will be blood. That's on I mean, the comedy side. You have what about Bob? You do have what about Bob. <laughs> you have Bill <laughs> driving someone to a middle of um, um, Eraserheads there, Black Swan. Yeah. Um, I like Take Shelter. I, I'm a big Mike, Michael Shannon fan. I don't know if you've seen that. I, 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 I haven't I'm, seen that one. And it's funny, he's in so much, and I'm always talking about Michael Shannon films. Um, I just, I'm kind of. I, I, he's I, amazing. He's amazing. I saw a one act, uh, one man play of his um, right when I moved to the city. It was mid 2000s. And it was just, it's. It, it stuck with me forever, and, and now I'm sticking with him forever. It was just, oh yeah, it was, it was so, he's a Boardwalk Empire standard again. As well, right? uh, yeah, exactly. I mentioned Boardwalk Empire yeah. last time. That cast, it's just it's just remarkable. But uh, yeah, like I was saying, I, I think this film's pretty special. I think it I think it deserves um, it, it praise to to the 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 filmmakers to the acting. I, th- I think it's, I'm glad it's out there in the ether in a way I wouldn't expect a film like this. I, I think it deserves yeah. this love. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I parallels a film like dead man, like Jim Jarvis's yeah. dead man, where yeah. it comes, it might come and go, but it's going to be remembered. Sure. And I, you know, I think this director is going to continue building on these self-contained worlds yeah. that, I, that I just love so much. And, and uh, and I think, you know, I think his next film is about Vikings. Is it? I was. I mean, my closing thought was just going to be like, I can't. Is it about Vikings? <clears throat> That's what I believe. That's what, yeah. I'm. I'm very much 
simplifying what sure, I did. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you could say his first film was about colonial period, the second yeah. film was about Lighthouse, and now it's about Vikings, which doesn't speak to what any of them are no. about. Um, <clears throat> no, I mean, my closing thought is just I can't wait to see what uh, Robert and Max are up to next. Absolutely. Like, it's really, really stunning. Do you have it any sounds other? like he's got support to yeah. get his films made. Absolutely. So yeah, I, there's... Even getting these actors for this film, I was just like, if they're willing yeah. to go through what they did yeah. to make this, I mean, they obviously respect his vision. Yeah. Their vision. Well, he's he's someone that I think he has some support to, to at least get another one made and maybe yeah. another one, and we'll see more of what he does. Yeah, and maybe we'll be back here talking about it again. I think that's what I got. That's what okay. I got. Cool. Thank you, uh, thank you, Mitch, and thank you, everyone out there, for, once again, joining the party. podcast is in the loop the legion of osiris podcasts osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love get in the loop at osirispod.com